You're listening to another episode of The Zag, or Kostob here, continuing our series featuring NLC alums who are working in the field of law, field of justice, with so much of those two topics on our mind these days. We wanted to feature some of our awesome folks doing really important work across the country. Lily Engelman is here. She's a 2019 NLC Atlanta fellow, an interesting job that she has I didn't actually even know existed. So excited to chat with her, learn more about it, learn more how it's contributing uh, to her progressive values. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Louis. So yeah, when folks ask you what you do for a living, how do you usually answer that that question? What's your shorthand for that? Oh, that's a tough question. My shorthand is I'm a social worker who works in the death penalty field. And that and if they have follow-up questions, then I explain more about the job and I explain that I'm actually what's called a mitigation specialist or mitigation investigator. Um, we work on um, death penalty defense teams um, that are comprised of two attorneys and usually a fact investigator and then a mitigation investigator. And our role is to examine our clients' background and life history, um, paying particular attention to things like um, trauma backgrounds, um, they have histories of abuse and neglect, uh, intellectual disability is a huge one because if our client is intellectually disabled, then they're not eligible for the death penalty. Um, mental health issues is a huge one, substance, histories of substance abuse. Um, essentially, absolutely anything that we can use to ultimately get our client a life sentence, whether that is through a plea deal, which is actually what happens the vast majority of the time, or if we do end up forced to go to trial um, to try to get a jury to return a... Um, sentence of uh, life in prison. And then in terms of how you ended up doing this role, is this something that you do existed when you were uh, in, in, in college or grad school? How did you end up in this position? So I did, I honestly did not know that this was something that existed. I always wanted a career in criminal justice. Um, I kind of saw myself working as a social worker in the Department of Corrections or, or something like that. Um, and when I was in graduate school, an alum of my social work um, school came, and she's actually the director of mitigation at the Georgia Capital Defender's Office, where I currently work. Um, and she came just to kind of talk about her job and her career. And I was hooked and realized that this was the absolute perfect thing for me. Um, so I just networked really hard while I was still in school and, and stayed in contact with her and got hired pretty much right after I graduated with my master's. And then the kind of things that you mentioned that you investigate and the work that's involved, I imagine includes a lot of challenging and interesting, difficult conversations to navigate. How do you think through some of those um, those conversations with folks? Maybe it's it's family members or maybe folks who haven't um, talked to your, your client in some time. Like what, what kind of things do you take into consideration as you go through this process? Yeah, that is extremely tough. And that is definitely one of the toughest aspects of the job because no two cases are the same and every single case is going to have significant difficult conversations. I have to learn everything about my client, whether that is through my particular client, meeting with them every few weeks for years and years and years to learn everything about their life or meeting with their family members and their friends and former teachers and former pastors and former neighbors and anyone who's ever known them. And um, people, you know, obviously 
um, if, if you commit a murder, that is the worst day of your life, bar none. If you kill somebody, that's going to be the worst day of your life. You're going to be traumatized. And so we work with clients who are extremely traumatized, almost always come from very um, trauma-filled backgrounds, and trying to have really difficult conversations with them uh, can be tough, especially because a lot of them also um, have a lot of cognitive impairments. Um, also, when it comes to families, there are a lot of families who uh, maybe beyond um, don't want to trust the evidence, don't want to really believe the evidence and want to fully believe that their family member is innocent um, when when really they're, they're not. Um, and it can be really difficult trying to get family members um, on board with the idea of a plea deal or the idea of their loved one spending the rest of their life in prison um, because they're so convinced that they're you know, sweet baby boy could never have done something like this. So it's, um, it's a collective team effort. We talk, the team talks constantly to each other. Um, and it, it takes years to really navigate some of these difficult conversations. Yeah, we come back, we'll talk more with Lily about uh, the role that she's in and a little bit more about the context of the state that she's doing it in. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, Lily, when we think about progressive issues, um, you may be thinking back to the Democratic primary and all the different issues that were discussed in debates. I don't feel like the, the, the death penalty came up very often, but it is something that the progressive think a, a fair amount about and talk a lot about. How would you describe the, the conversation right now in, in the state? Is there any momentum to not have the death penalty at, at all? Uh, is it a conversation that's essentially settled because it's not going to change? How would you describe what you're what you're hearing and seeing out there? So they're actually in Georgia. There actually has been some movement in 2020 in the legislature to abolish the death penalty. And this movement has very surprisingly been from um, Republican uh, legislators. And their argument is um, very much a financial one. So the average death penalty case in Georgia from arrest to execution costs about two to three million dollars. It's really, really expensive. And it's significantly cheaper to keep someone in prison for the rest of their life. Um, so I'm on one hand thrilled that there is conversations going on in Georgia, especially on the Republican side, about abolishing the death penalty. Um, the progressive in me is kind of frustrated with the theme of those conversations, though, because they don't address the inherent dehumanization of the death penalty. And across the nation with states that still have the death penalty, a lot of the conversation is about the financial aspect of it or the um, potential innocence aspect of it. The fact that mm -hmm. um, there's always the risk that innocent people could get executed. And in fact, data shows that about 4% of people who have been executed have been innocent. But that still doesn't address the fact that um, whether you're guilty or even for guilty people, it's a very dehumanizing, um, you know, practice and policy, and it should be abolished just for that basic reason. Yeah, and if, if folks wanted to follow this issue or, or be supportive of, of the issue in the way that you just described it, like what what steps would they take? Would it be uh, holding electeds accountable in a different way? Would it be supporting? Um, things on a national level, what do you feel like would potentially turn the tide? 
I think that it's definitely a situation of the end justifies the means. And as long as it's ultimately abolished, really, I don't really care what the, <laughs> the theme or theory is behind it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as long as the end result happens, whatever kind of deal. Um, and, and there are there really are a lot of great organizations. Um, I think it's called the Death Penalty Action Network, I think, um, is a national organization here in Georgia. There is Georgians for Alternatives to the Death Penalty and a similar uh, type of organization with similar name exists in many states. So people can look those kinds of things up. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing this important work and, and new work that, that I wasn't familiar with. I suspect our listeners weren't either. Uh, and we'll post some of those information networks you mentioned in the episode description. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. Make sure to catch all the ones we're dropping in the next week or so, featuring NLC alums working in law and criminal justice, doing important progressive work. Get those all the places you find your podcasts, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. Until next time, we'll catch you soon.